WOZOLP, Knoxville. 103.9 Knoxville's only non-corporate, non-commercial, non-profit community-run radio station. People's Radio. I mean, they're out there, and they've got new creepy hardware. Looks like mini spikes on their football helmet, black. It's like well, you know, Mad Max almost, and uh, with shell armor. They look like stormtroopers. It looks like they're flooding the streets of D.C. against with stormtroopers because they're gonna. They, and meanwhile, it's all sort of one picture. But of course, they did this. Of course, it's part of the democratic cycle. We are going to be stripped of our civil liberties and our rights as human beings until finally people say enough. And the, I, I thought also about the type of campaign that this is going to be, and I thought of the suffragette movement. I mean, in the suffragette movement you, where women got the right to vote, which hasn't been taken back yet, yet, <laughs> the, um, okay, I can see, yeah, it's... <laughs> The but anyway, yeah, it's not the um, it's there were women that were born that their entire lives organized and worked in houses and in a network throughout North America just to fight for the right to vote. They were lifetime suffragettes, and the thing is, their mothers were also lifetime suffragettes, and their daughters would be as well. It was a three generation campaign. And I, I see things in terms of class warfare. I mean, this is really attacking poor women. Women who have money and resources can afford transportation, will be able to go to Europe wherever they want to go, also have, can afford the Uber. And this, fund, this decision is a fundamentally an attack. It's class warfare. It's an attack on poor women who won't have the resources. And that makes it fit really well within the picture of the revolutionary cycle of a democracy. Democracy's whole cycle is when the, the oligarchs who own our Supreme Court, own our Congress people, own our president, <laughs> have a big stake in them, if not full ownership. They and it's turned them into their every aspect of our criminal justice system has been hijacked. We're at the part in a democratic state where we're in a pre-revolutionary democracy and what happens in a pre-revolutionary democracy is that all of our it's going to get worse this is like there this is a shot over the bow but also you notice that they arrested somebody in knoxville the other day because they made it a felony to camp on and the law hasn't taken effect yet they mischarged them they're so eager didn't who what is that an attack against the poor it's just more of a means of social control against the poor. And we're going to see more and more of this. But also, I'm not going to leave on a high, low note. The thing is, an organization that builds a grassroots underground logistics effort, like I was describing earlier, is the skeleton, is the bones and tissue of a mass movement that can impact real change and be part of that revolutionary cycle. And that's what Marx said. He said that the fools will always hand you the guns. They'll hand you the means. Capitalists will eventually, because they're so greedy, they'll hand you the means of their own destruction. And this is part of it. I, what we've heard is a, you know, it's people are going to organize. And the other part, I guess I said I, it's not great news, is it's going to take work. 
I mean, I talked about that woman that was born a suffragette and her whole life, 40, 50 hours a week. I mean, she probably grew up making flyers. And that's the hard part of being in a pre-revolutionary cycle is that it takes work. It takes being out marching and sweating and meeting people and talking. And it's not as easy as just sitting around and blah, blah. But that's where we're at. And that's what's going to create the change that we're going to need. This is WOZO 103.9 LPFM. And this is Anarchy Now. I'm
when I was digging around, I talked about the suffragettes earlier and how it was like a three-generation campaign and a hardcore one, too. There's this documentary that I saw one time, and it just opened my skull about what went on in that movement. And a lot of it was familiar and fascinating. But the uh, I am... Um, I found a bunch of suffragette songs, so we're going to bounce around, and I'm going to try. This is Cry with the Wind for the Dawn is Breaking, and this is from Dame Ellen Smith wrote the March of Women in, let's see, in 1911, for the Women's Social and Political Union, the leading organization of the suffragettes in Britain, which was a radical suffragettes. And it was used as a theme for the BBC Shoulder to Shoulder, which you can't get on DVD or anywhere else. The gra This is all public domain. This was uh, done by the Rainbow Chorus in May 2009, and it's called The March of Women. Pardon the audio quality. But hey, only here. I know all the other radio stations in Knoxville playing their deep cut 1911 suffragettes music has got better audio quality than we do. So, but yeah, I think it's just appropriate. I want to experiment and play some suffragettes movement and get some more music out to you. So let's just keep exploring. Once again, this is WOZO 103.9 LPFM. I am DJ Lord Fader and you guessed it, last weekend I was out in the national forest. <laughs> it's just, it's hard for me to be in Babylon, uh, during when it's beautiful like this. And on the weekends when I'm not working, it's just, I think everybody understands. But again, let's get into it. This is the March of Women from 1911. <laughs>
opened a bank account when I was nine years old. I closed it when I was 18. I gave them every penny that I had saved, and they gave my blood and my urine a number. And now I'm sitting in this waiting room, playing with the toys. And I am here to exercise my freedom of choice. Past their handheld signs, I, I went through their picket lines. They gathered when they saw me coming. They shouted when they saw me cross. I said, "Why don't you go home? Just leave me alone. I'm just another woman lost. You are like fish in the water who don't know that they are wet. As far as I can tell, the world. Yo, have you? She'd never come near me. I wish his shoulder wasn't touching mine. I am growing older, waiting in this line. But some of life's best lessons I learned at the worst times. And under the fierce fluorescent, she offered her hand for me to hold. She offered stability and calm, and I was crushing her. Wincing on my smile, unconvincing on that sterile battlefield that sees only casualties, never heroes. My heart hit absolute zero. And Lucille, your voice still sounds in me. Yeah, mine was relatively easy tragedy. The profile of our country looks a little less hard-nosed, but you know that picket line persisted, and that clinic since been closed. They keep pounding their fists on reality, hoping it will break. But you know I don't think there's one of them leads a life free of mistakes.
Sisters, suffering till suffrage, suffrage, by Etta James. And dear listeners, you may be getting the theme for my show this evening. I, it's 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 instinctive when you get hit, you almost get tunnel vision. The adrenaline kicks in and the rest. But I guess what I'm trying to do tonight is plug in this to the bigger picture of this has been a battle that's been going on in this country for several hundred years. And this suffragette from the suffragettes campaign to where we're at today to when Roe v. Wade was actually passed, which is a an extensive campaign. And throughout all of this, the agents of repression, the dark side, the Sith, the oligarchs, the wealthy, the 1%, the powerful, and their constant class warfare have been fighting back and attacking. You know, it took three generations of women campaigning 
ruthlessly hard under attack under all sorts of conditions and that's the picture is i guess what i'm trying to say is i think they may have woken the dragon the women's movement has gone through periods in this country where it shook the homes like the foundations of this democracy. I remember when I lived in Guinea too, uh, there was a series of revolutions in this country I was in in West Africa, but the one that was most effective was when all the women in the country just said F it and marched to the capital and the military <laughs> took off in terror and ended up causing a coup and the um, overthrew the government. I, I think that we are, you just got to look a little bit back in our past sisters and brothers and see that the this battle has been happening for decades, and this is, you know, it's, of course it's a setback, but it's happening to all of our democratic institutions, and it's, it's a bell right now being rung in this country, and that bell is going, organize, organize. You fools are going to have to organize. It's not going to be a matter of choice for much longer. It's going to be a matter of survival. They will ground us that deeply into the dirt in their greed for never-ending profits to control our bodies, to control our... They want the hours of our lives. Of course, they want people's bodies, but the hours of our lives is another way they keep control of our bodies through making us work, uh, spend our life energy, our bioenergy for their benefit for our entire lives. Of course they want control. They want control of our minds and our bodies and our souls and our spirits. It's the same evil, the same system that's been there all along. It's just some, uh, they're taking off the mask. But the thing is, we have a history of fighting and winning in this country as well. Not a single right was given. Roe v. Wade wasn't handed over like it was, hey, by the way, you know, we're going to go ahead. No, that was a, a campaign that involved the women's organizations and attorneys that basically went through and did all this micro litigation to build up a campaign to hit the Supreme Court and get it passed. That was a part and parcel of that work. But we're going to have to be out on the streets. It's going to be, we have to organize. And one thing I did want to say that'll make me immensely popular is that a lot of the big nonprofit industrial complex in this country is, has almost an aliopathic tendency that they will poison their own grassroots. And is what I'm trying to say. I've seen it in a variety of sort of movements and stuff is that, and this is going to require a grassroots people mobilizing campaign. But too often, it's in a variety of campaigns, the nonprofit industrial complex comes in and tries to centralize command structure. And the Sierra Club did it. They destroyed themselves that way. They used to be based at, in the 70s, they were a radical organization and they were powerful by their chapters, but it got centralized. What I'm saying is what this movement is going to have, you saw it too in the suffragettes. The... Um, Emmeline Parkhurst was a British suffragette leader known for her combative and at times violent activism. She took the stage in Madison Square Garden in New York in the evening of October 21st. This is from an article. She stood before a crowd of about 3,000 people, many who had paid 250 to hear her speak. For some time in the audience, Pankhurst's notoriety was so much as her draws her message. The Pankhurst family, Emmeline and her daughters, were mem uh, members of their suffrage organization, 
the Women's Social and Political Union, and they had become infamous for their militant tactics in Britain. They heckled members of par Parliament, shattered windows, burned down politicians' houses, smashed up post office boxes, and planted bombs in the St. Paul's Cathedral at Westminster Abbey and near the Bank of England. When they got arrested and in prison, they went on hunger strikes, all in the name of getting women the right to vote, which will give you an idea as to the pitch of that campaign and the resistance against it. On stage at Madison Square Garden, Pankhurst explained why she and other British women activists had set aside their peaceful methods of protest in favor of more confrontational action. Quote, men got the vote because they were there and would be violent if they didn't. The women didn't get it because they were constitutional and law-abiding, she said. So, she explained, the 20th century women began to say to themselves, is it not time, since our methods have failed and men's have succeeded, that we should take a leaf out of their political book? I want to say here that and now that the only justification for violence, the only justification for damage to property, and the only justification for risk to comfort of other human beings is the fact that you have tried all available means and have failed to secure justice, she continued. And I tell you that in Great Britain there is no other way. In the United States, the suffrage movement had been on the ground for about 70 years, and they were focused on recruiting educated white women who lobbied and petitioned for suffrage, which at the turn of the last century focused on women the right to vote state by state. But a new crop of activists in the U.S. felt the movement had stalled and gone stale. Though a handful of states, mostly out west, had enfranchised women, these suffragettes began pushing a federal amendment to guarantee women the right to vote, and sought bolder, more attention-grabbing strategies, including a massive procession in Washington, D.C., just that winter, to try to reinvigorate the campaign. Some of the prominent figures, including the National Women's Party leaders Alice Paul and Lacey Burns, had fought and gotten arrested alongside the British suffragettes, so that when they wanted to shake things up in America, they looked to the British suffragettes and the Pankhurst for a political potential playbook, and then they made it all their own. The American suffragettes were never as radical as the Pankhurst and their followers in the Women's Social and Political Union of Great Britain, Miss Baker, a historian and professor at Glucer College, told me. But nonetheless, there's a clear line of transmission from Great Britain to the United States. And there was a mutual interchange that happened. And I guess, so we're, that's, that's my theme and theory for the evening, dear listener, is plugging and just giving the historical picture. There is a powerful history of women's organizations and movements, you know, fighting hard to get these rights. And, you know, the thing is, in some states, it's still, it's legal. And that's going to cause a buildup of a railroad system, basically. And that's going to create the bones of an organization, I think. But it, the, in the long campaign, of course they've done this. It's been a war. The rights that women have had to secure and poor people and African people and people people has been ridiculous. We see them eroded every day on all of our social media now. It's almost daily, the barrage of videos and images we get of the state and the state apparatus attacking us in the streets, attacking people's rights, incarcerating people for nonviolent offenses, often pro or for health offenses, for being mentally ill, imprisoning people for, but really for being poor. Across the board for poverty. It's, a, it's, it's class warfare. And this is just a symptom of it. And there's a long history. We know what we need to do. It's sitting right there. It's a matter of organization. There's going to have to be on the ground people you're going to have to meet. You're going to have to probably call people. It means trying to escape from the electronic kingdom.
uh, which can be useful for organizing, but it's not street-level organizing. There is a glass window on social justice organizing online that will have to be shattered and to where people are sitting in rooms talking to one another and passing information along and moving people. Well, bodies, I often think of movement as people moving. It implies that there are people moving, be that on buses or to free speech campaigns. And anyway, you're listening to WOZO 103.9 LPFM, the People's Radio, where we supported Roe v. Wade, but... We're going to support what's coming next, which is going to be people's movement. We're going to have definite change. That was Annie DeFranco. Next, I have Nina Simone. I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. People's Radio. Like a 
had a friend with a pirate smile. Make believe and play, pretend we were innocent and wild. Hop the fence and slam the gate, running down my alleyway in time. To watch Sally's pigeons fly. We love to watch them dive and soar, circle in the sky. Free as a bird from three to four, and never knowing why. Neighbors pull their wash basins. Put away my Barbie can. Look out overhead while Sally's pigeons fly. I had a fool's confidence that the world had no boundaries, but instinct and common sense they. Began to skip to the beat of the boy next door. She had her eye across the street on someone shy and tall. We lived our dreams and challenged fate until she told me she was late. And Sally led his pigeons up to fly.
on some duds, comb out your fro, and slide on down to my pad. The vibe here is very pleasant, and I truly request your presence. A problem of great magnitude has arose, and as we speak, it grows. Damn, what could it be, I thought, a juice I bought, and rolled on down to her spot. Seeing bros I know, slapping fives, I arrived and pressed G5. And there was Nikki, looking some kind of sad, with tears falling from her eyes. She sat me down, and dug my frown, and began to run it down. You remember my boyfriend said, that fly kid who I love? Well, our love was often a verb, and spontaneity has brought a third. But due to our youth and economic state, we wish to terminate. About this we don't feel great, but baby, that's how it is. But the feds have dissed me, they ignored and dismissed me. The pro-lifers harassed me outside the clinic and called me a murderer. Now that's hate. So needless to say, we're in a mental state of debate. Hey, beautiful bird, I said, digging her somber mood. The fascists are some heavy dudes. They don't really give a damn about life. They just don't want a woman to control her body or have the right to choose. But baby, that ain't nothing. They just want a male finger on the button. Because if you say war, they will send them to die by the score. Aborting mission should be your volition. But if Suda and Thomas have their way, you'll be standing in line unable to get welfare while they'll be out hunting and fishing. It has always been around. It will always have a niche. But they'll make it a privilege, not a right, accessible only to the rich. Hey, pro-lifers need to dig themselves, because life don't stop after birth. And for a child born to the unprepared, it might even just get worse. The situation would surely change if they were to find themselves in it. Supporters of the H-bomb and firebombing clinics. Orwellian, in fact, if Roe v. Wade was overturned, would not the desire remain intact, leaving young girls to risk their health, doctors to botch and watch as they kill themselves. Now, I hate to sound macabre, but hey, isn't it my job to lay it on the masses and get them off their asses to fight against these fascists? So, whatever you decide, make that move with pride. Sid will be there and so will I, an insect till I die. Rhythms and sounds spinning around Confrontations across the nation Your block, my block, dreadlocks What a shock, land of the free But not me, not me W-O-Z-O 103.9 LPFM Feel obligated to sort of go back and read off some of the tracks you've been listening to I think I've been doing well tonight Actually, I mean, I've been basically exploring the airwaves Looking for suffragette music and various girl power anthems And pro-choice music And I just sort of, I'm like, man, my next show I've got to come prepared But I'm hitting blocks of gold And it, should, it makes complete sense my show's about movement music. I look for coal mining movement music and Hazel Dickens there and there's resistance music. Every movement has had these periods of resistance and resistance music. Often movements are defined by their art and the music is a form of art. And 
it's a good way to sort of what I'm trying to get across is sort of the overall history of what's happening right now. But okay, let's stay let's stay mission here focused. That was Diggable Planets from the Reachin album uh, La Femme Fetal Fetal, and then you heard Cindy Lauper's Sally's Pigeons, uh, Annie DeFranco Lost Woman Song, Alicia Keys Superwoman. And then I'm going deeper in. This is from Songs of the Suffragettes, sung by Elizabeth Knight, accompanied by guitar by Soul Jolty. So I'm just sort of going through the last 100 and 150 years of music to remind us that not a single right was given. They all had to be taken through organization and struggle and skin in the game and protest. That's what democracy is. And especially in this pre-revolutionary period that we're in, that this struggles and these struggles what will define what post-revolutionary America will look like after the second American Revolution, which isn't an eventuality. It happens. In a democracy, revolution is part of the cycle, and it's usually triggered, according to Aristotle, right when the oligarchs seize control of all the democratic institutions. They can't help themselves. It creates a reaction among the people. It's a twofold attack, though, in this case, because they have these occupying military forces that we call the police scattered throughout our land to enforce control against the poor. And, of course, they target the poor because who's going to be the first people to rise up in resistance and struggle. The folks least invested in the status quo. It's why most of the famous revolutionaries in history didn't come from the wealthy and the powerful class. Some did, Kropotkin, but the... Mainly from the poor. Of course, they need to. It's you know to keep social control over the poor. When you have a Congress that is a millionaires' club, and if you're not a millionaire when you come in, you will be when you come out, with a few example, uh, Bernie Sanders exceptions, and it is. Um, but this campaign is been oh and i okay so let me go into songs of the suffragettes then we're going to shift gears just a little bit uh we got to talk about what's going on with the homeless bill and that they just arrested somebody apparently trying to give them a felony for sleeping on state land but i'm getting in this is uh keep women in her spear and again, i apologize some of these songs i'm playing going to get into are ancient some are not so old so we're going back from around like the early 19th century late 18th century till today uh and there is a just like i said i'm like a minor an anarchist minor going through move, movement music and i'm going through all this stuff and it's just expanding my world i hope you all are enjoying it i know all the other radio stations are probably just they're there. This is Keep Women in Her Spear by Elizabeth Knight, accompanied on guitar by Saul Jolte. I have a neighbor, one of those not very hard to find, who'd know it all without debate and never change their mind I asked him what of women's rights he said in tones of fear my mind on that is all made up keep woman in her sphere I saw a man in Tattered garb forth from the grog shop come. He squandered all 
stole his cash for drink and starved his wife at home. I asked him should not woman vote. He answered with a sneer. I've taught my wife to know her place. Keep woman in her sphere. I met an earnest, thoughtful man not many days ago. Under deep all human law, the honest truth to know. I asked him what of woman's cause. The answer came sincere. Her rights are just the same as mine. Let woman choose. Do it like this for the intergalaction. I see the daily, so I'm very flexible. 
Thank you for listening to WOZOLP, Knoxville's only non-corporate, non-commercial, non-profit community-run radio station. We are self-funded with member dues and benefits. That means we're broke a lot. If you would like to donate to WOZO and keep this fine programming going, WOZORadio.com. Please help us keep WOZO Radio on the air. Thank you.